0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard, and I'm here with Steve and Angela again.
1: Hey there. Hi.
0: And we are in this Becoming Like Jesus series. So we hope that you've got a card on your fridge to remind you that we are... I guess Steve's got his... Not on his fridge, but in his notebook. <laughs> I'm but carrying I guess, it with I guess me. that's your, your mobile fridge. That's right. Which <laughs> is still good. Um, but yeah, that you have been reading along with us. So on Sundays we are going to, out of a section of scripture, pull one thing to talk about that we feel like God's leading us to focus on as a church. Um, but we know there's going to be loads more in there. So then we're inviting everyone as a church to like just sit and saturate mm. and meditate and cogitate and some other words ending mm-hmm. in eight <laughs> that I've run out of. <laughs> but, um To spend time interacting with God, praying and like seeing what God has to say with this scripture open, kind of like going through it. Um And yeah, we're kind of excited to hear, like yeah. uh, not just for you to do that, um, but actually then to hear and as a community to t- like be talking to each other about all the other things God's showing us. And because this journey of becoming like Jesus is not supposed to be like, I don't know like solo epiphanies, like you have to go lock yourself away and somehow yeah. figure it out on your own. <laughs> but um, yeah, God might show you something that's actually for more than just you. So that would be really good fun. And today, we, the next section is all of chapter four. Really easy. We will get to some bits that are less than a chapter, but they, these are some shorter there's chapters. A there, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And so our job is to be encouragers if you're doing this. So we want to keep saying what to do a little bit of how to do it. Mm. Um, we'll um, yeah, we can talk about what it's like for us doing it and to kind of give an overview, like an orientation. Uh, Cause I know it's like reading the Bible. I mean, even actually, I don't think it was this chapter. I think I was looking at the next one and hitting one sentence. I was like, hang on a second. What's that mean? Yeah. You know, and so wanting to look something up or find out, I think it was the Pharisees' fast. I was like, hound, how often did the Pharisees fast? What did they do? Mm -hmm. What was fast? Something that Luke's reader might have been like, you know, back 2,000 years ago, totally knew exactly Mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. Whereas 2,000 years later, I'm like, I'm going to have to look that up. And so Mm -hmm. our job is to do a bit of like looking up and, yeah, kind Mm. of uh, helping you feel like. I mean I I don't know if we're going to do as good a job as this but like when you watch the bi- Bible project video of a book you're always like oh that totally makes sense I want to read that book <laughs> now so we want you to listen to the podcast and be like I totally want to read mm-hmm. that chapter now
1: We'll do our best
2: yeah so. we'll see how that works. So that goes. that's our <laughs> a, that's our
0: state today but we are yeah. not a multimillion dollar operation like a Bible project So budget project that's something yeah Yeah okay I can't even speak you would get Tim <laughs> Mackey in okay. the Bible Project video mispronouncing words, would you? <laughs> but we're more authentic. There you go. We're, we're the podcast of the people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, so let's dive in. So yeah. so we've got a few scenes, um, which is a good way to think about, I think, reading Luke. Yeah. is It's not like a narrative biography of us being a fly on the wall of Jesus's life. Mm-hmm but we like Jesus's life is going on and Luke is like zooming in on different scenes, but Luke's actually putting them together in a way that sometimes is uh, to get us to think like juxtaposing Mm. things or showing how something happened. But Jesus did that Mm -hmm. loads of times and kind of reinforcing an idea or something like that. So sometimes the scenes make some sense for us. Should we do like a bit of a recap? Like how, you know, yeah, sure. There's going to be more than one person that's like, okay, I'm joining in, but yes. be honest, I didn't do last week's reading, or I okay, know, right? So sure, we should do a bit of a, a recap. And I've talked for the first five minutes, it's other okay. than Steve saying, sure. Yeah. So you guys, <laughs> how do what? Like, what's happened to get us it, uh, to the beginning of chapter four? The story so far.
1: Well, the story so far, we've got this introduction, um, you know, talking about. Uh this first we've got John the Baptist who was sort of teed up as a to foretell Jesus' coming. So we've got a little bit of background on yep. that. Um then the story of Jesus' birth, you know, things that we will talk about and dive deep into uh,
0: during Advent season and go oh, yes. through. Good cat. Yes, to explain we're not starting at the beginning of Luke Correct. because Advent's coming and why wouldn't we do that? during the Christmas season. Yeah. Well, Early chapters, we will come back to. So we've
1: just gone by that, and we've really jumped into the beginning of Jesus' ministry, his public ministry. Um, So that really starts here, as we talked about last week, in in his baptism uh, in the wilderness by uh, John the Baptist. So uh, that was awesome. And then we talked a little bit about... Um, hold on a second. the person of Jesus in this um, genealogy, his human yep. genealogy, going all the way back to um, all the way back to Adam uh, and, and then you know, ending with Jesus the Son of God, uh, yeah. in there. So a little bit different than how Matthew had looked at it. but so we're left here with Jesus had just been baptized in the river. Um, God came down and said, uh, this is my son whom I love, um, with him I'm well-pleased. And and then we get this genealogy, and then, boom, what's going to yeah. happen
0: next? So it's like the stage is set. Yeah. Yeah. And big, big words from the Father, like, yeah. whoa, yeah. big affirmation of Jesus. Yeah. 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 What were you going to say, Angela? Oh, I was
2: just going to say this idea of the sonship, oh. uh, the son of God, but then I loved in um, Luke points out in Luke 23, um, now Jesus himself, Luke 3, 23, sorry. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought of Joseph. And mm-hmm. then it goes on in the genealogy. So first God says, this is my son. And then um, just the, the human, the fully man part of Jesus yeah. um, uh, is also addressed here. So this sonship theme has been set up here um, and I think brings just a really good entry point, um, for Luke four to start. Mm, Um, mm. and, um, you can kind of see the intentionality here with Luke. Um, Jesus is established as the son of God and the son of man. Mm. Um, and then now he's, he started his ministry. He's Mm. been baptized and here comes, the temptations, the testing in the
0: wilderness. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something like the tone of what you're saying in there as well. It's like there's a reveal happening. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you think this, but actually, like it's way more than you think. Yeah. And that that happens in chapter three, but it's going to continue yeah. happening for quite a few. He chapters, keeps unpacking actually. that. Um. So it's like as Jesus's contemporaries were watching him, being like, "Who on earth are you?" Mm-hmm. and like figuring that out. Luke's telling the story so that we can go on a similar journey, which is, I think, kind of cool, actually. I mean, I guess that's one of the invitations to this series, like becoming like Jesus, is not to presume we've arrived and we know who Jesus is and Mm. we're fine. Mm -hmm. And so maybe maybe like a good prayer before we read each day, which, by the way, shouldn't be like go read for four hours. This should be like a short, you know, should take five or ten minutes. But like maybe that ten second prayer before we pray is like, Jesus, don't let me presume anything. Like what what is it about who you are and what you do that um I've not even noticed before or needs to strike me in a new way or well to, I love to, that. to actually be on the journey yeah. and not assume, oh yeah, I, I know who Jesus is. I could have written this. Yeah. It's all good.
1: Yeah I love that sonship comment that you brought up, Angela because that question of and you know this he was uh, he, he was the son or so it was thought of Joseph mm-hmm. and that continues in chapter later in chapter mm. four, this notion of and, and to your point, Richard, maybe the question is so who did you think Jesus is? Who do you think Jesus is? Um when you open it up, you know, maybe he's gonna reveal something different yeah. about yeah. himself to us.
0: Um and so that gets us to yeah. chapter 4 Mm-hmm. So the scene set, like, mm. oh man, like the father, like he got baptized, the father said, like, this is my son whom I love. Mm. What's gonna and then it says, and he's full of Holy Spirit. And this is where like all of our Western thinking about the way things grow is you take us, you know exposure continually grows mm. productivity mm-hmm. know, grow, like everything should go in, in like one direction mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus disappears off into the wilderness and it's like yeah. what what is going on yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think if we didn't do the backstory yeah we wouldn't because this is kind of herky- jerky moment where it's like what um, and it's really easy if we're familiar with the story to be like oh yeah of course that's what happened next and miss that this is actually quite a weird thing to us and our culture to have happen that like the the next part would be to withdraw so something's going on here um that bears thinking about I think
1: yeah and it's not just a little bit you know it's this it's forty days he's off you know it's it's you sort of think, all right, now he's got his commission, you've got your badge, you're ready to go, he's been baptized, the Holy Spirit's descended upon him, boom, he's going to go right into what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And it looks very different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like we, in our culture, we so value the tangible measurables. Mm -hmm. I remember I, I knew a guy who went to plant a church in Germany and he felt like, And he was an American missionary, so supported from America. People praying, Mm. people getting behind him and like, you know, excited, expectant for things to happen. Um, And he sensed that it was going to be really hard ground. And Mm. the first thing he should do for the first year is prayer walk the city
1: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: for a year. Mm. An
2: entire year. And, And
0: it was so hard for the American culture behind him trying to support him to get behind. He was like, I lost all my support because people thought we were mm. not doing anything. Mm. And that's the interesting thing, like the mind tweak, I think, because we can have expected Jesus to do one thing. This isn't a lack of progress or Jesus taking a detour from like his mission. This is actually the next step of his mission. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. If Jesus is going to bring the kingdom on earth, if he's going to like uh, remake the mold for being a human, restore the image of God on earth, vindicate God's design of yeah. the image of God, you know, and all of these things, then he has to go confront the serpent under the tree again. And, and, he, and, and he does it in this profoundly weakened way by like being alone, fasting, dying in a desert, and then having that temptation, those questions about God, about identity, about calling all thrown at him like Eve did. So it's like this is like an Eve do-over. Uh,
2: it is, yet it's just been declared that he's the son of God. So as I read this pa- this part about the temptations, I think about um and they're very interesting about what Satan is is a- attacking in these tests, but um I think about the fact that this was meant to be written to address us as believers as to where Jesus sits on the throne that he is the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings and, and where Satan is relative to him. Yeah. Um, so mm. it's very much moving this, this transition, I think like moving into this truly spiritual realm. First of all, that spiritual warfare exists. Um, and that where Jesus, um, where he is in that realm and he's, he's King, he's over mm. it all. Yeah. And, um, cuz he he it's complicated this, this next victory is complicated one here, right? A victory's one yes. but how does he how does he win it yeah um and um i mean we can break it down i don't know how far how deep we want to get into the scripture, but he... Yeah,
0: we could spend weeks talking I about it. I mean, this. it's,
2: like, very <laughs> deep, Um, but I just that idea that we're moving now from, like, the genealogy and the baptism on earth into the spiritual realm here yeah. and where Jesus is in that mm. scene, yeah. what his posture is and position is in that scene towards Satan and towards God. Yeah.
0: I think um. it's, it, the juxtaposition of themes is really interesting because mm-hmm. we, we have the genealogy, but like Son of Adam. So it takes us all the way back to the garden. And then we see like an Eve do-over occurring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're in the garden, but the garden's a desert. And the garden was supposed to be this like half out, out of which humanity went. And brought order to creation, Mm. Mm -hmm. like brought beauty. And like God's power was extended through humanity into creation. But because of the fall, it ended up being like a tragic, like instead of a garden, then they went out and occupied a wilderness Mm. with thorns. You know, and it was hard. Which is right where we find Jesus. And so this is like a garden moment. It's like an eve do-over moment. But actually it's like the wilderness. Mm. It's like the effect of the fall. You know, he's suffering and it's hard. But because of the way Jesus interacts differently with with the enemy and the temptations, it actually becomes a garden moment. Like he gets ministered to, he gets refreshed, he gets filled, he gets invigorated at the end of it and then goes out Mm. to do this restorative work and he's bringing order, he's healing, he's teaching. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's actually... The stuff that should have come out of Eden then starts happening in his life because he actually establishes himself, like, in Eden, like, in the garden, um, sort of metaphorically. So it's, it's so such interesting... I mean, that's me going, like, full nerd with half yeah. an idea that we can't get into. But I think it just shows sometimes that you start thinking about Scripture and trying to join it up with other things God said in Scripture. It's like, whoa, this... It's like, there's a simple story. There's not that many movements to it. They just keep coming up over and over and over and over again in different ways. And it's like, there's such a richness. And yet the thing God's trying to show me is actually like, you could put it in a kid's Mm. book.
2: And he keeps, I like how you're talking about the garden and going back to Eve. And Jesus himself in this passage continues to point back to the Old Testament to the time when the Israelites were were freed out of Egypt. The forty days he fasted for forty days. They were in the wilderness for forty days. Now Jesus is in the wilderness, yep. but he is quoting scripture. He's quoting mm, scripture mm. to to refute Satan. He's cro- mm. quoting Deuteronomy, and um, and That's it's so significant, isn't it? It's mm. so significant how he continues to point back to the flourishing that God has for his people, not only in mm-hmm. the garden, but um, in the promised um, in delivering them to the promised land. And um, yeah. the fact that Jesus is is being fed by his own word through the scene, um, not only being fed, but refuting Satan using it as a way of um, correcting Satan's misquoting and misuse of scripture. And also um, positioning himself for a, f- a flourishing ministry. Yeah. yeah,
0: I've got a top tip that comes. I don't know. I don't know where I picked this up, and whether it was from this scripture here, or whether I just picked it up, and it connects to this. But um, I've just got this memory that someone told me, but I can't remember who, and that I've said to lots of other people, like, "Hey, when you kind of launch out." to like establish an identity or a calling or something that's like a step of faith where you're like, and and you anticipate like, there's going to be like spiritual resistance to this. Ask God to give you like an anchor in some scripture. Mm -hmm. Because like stepping into something with a sense of what I felt like, I thought that. You know, I really sense God saying those are all beautiful, wonderful things God does and uses. But I tell you what, when I mean, this is like I prayed for it before getting married. um, And I've had like these conversations with people to just almost shock them. It's like, you know, because you're in love and it feels like, yeah, t- of course, I want to get married to her, mm-hmm. you know, but. When you've started to actually realize who each other are and you're in a conflict phase and you're thinking, can I divorce this person? And all the feelings are gone. Like in that moment, that's when you need a verse printed out in your fridge that reminds you and anchors you on a truth for something God promised Mm. or established or like to set your feet upon. And so I found that so helpful. Um, Even like when I came to Westside, came out here, we moved from the UK you know, it was, I don't know, Anna and I are pretty open-handed. Like, we don't, like, any way you want to take us, God, we don't really care. Just as long as we know, like, you, like there's something you want us to do here. Mm. And so, you know, I, it wasn't even like we came, like, well, actually, Anna didn't. I came, visited for, a, you know, a week or something. and was, like, trying to suss it out and... Um, figure out the church, and uh, you know, I'm a big boy. Like, I know the church isn't gonna be perfect, <laughs> none right. of them are. <laughs> I know there's gonna be some good people and some weird people, and all the stuff in between. So, it wasn't a fact finding, it was just like, okay, in this place, God, if like, if you want me to, like, if I feel like you're leading me to say yes, which was there, I'm like, okay, I need you to give me something to stand on when the circumstances hmm. are different. And so, yeah, I just in- encourage anyone listening. Like this is such a, this is me doing the thing I said we shouldn't do in these podcasts, which is like Don't. teach a thing. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> But, wondering... this, but you, what you said, Angela, reminded me of just like such a big life lesson for me. Like those few scriptures that I continue to stand mm-hmm. on have been so useful to me in the seasons that feel like wildernesses to help me navigate them.
2: Yeah, and he demonstrates it right here. It's yeah. beautiful.
1: I was thinking, you know, in our conversation, in our, in our journey, too, about becoming like Jesus, I think of also um, new believers as we uh, cross that, um, make that declaration, and we receive Jesus in our hearts, et cetera. What happens first? You know, and what we see is Jesus being baptized, just like you said, like he's not straight off into, you know, into Mm -hmm. the rest of his ministry. He's in this garden scene almost in this notion of as we become like Jesus, we receive Jesus that that initial time, maybe that notion of, hey, pausing, anchoring, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe in a word of God. Um, that it's that will sustain us as we step into the work that He's got us to do. Yeah, um, I also that, think that it's like in
0: here. You've also got the Spirit drove Him into mm. the wilderness. He was full of the Spirit. At, at, in a minute, we're going to have the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's this beautiful combo of like the Spirit's work, like affecting Jesus so much, but also mm. the Word of God, like and both of them just working in partnership yeah. in Jesus's life, which is. Yet yeah, really at the cool.
2: same time, I mean, if you look at sort of, if you will, the players in the scene, the Spirit of God, Jesus, um, and and then Satan and mm-hmm. the Word, like they're mm-hmm. all powerful forces mm-hmm. that are in the scene, and how are they interacting, interplaying, mm-hmm. and and what do, what can we draw from that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. who do we identify yeah, with? Yeah.
0: I think it's interesting. This would be like an interesting if, I don't know, if you were sensing God focusing you on this section of the chapter, could be interesting to ask yourself as like, well, Satan's probably not going to come to me and say, you know, cast yourself down off the temple or I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth because I don't really feel my, my calling is to be king of the universe. So that's not much of a temptation to me. But what right? Mighty. So, but oh, what, what would be the question that mm. Satan would throw in front of me and the, the calling Jesus has for me? great question. What's Jesus trying to do in my life right now where I can kind of sense like, yeah, like God's spoken this to me. And then what would be those things that I can actually identify? And, you know, our experience of those questions might not be the same as fasting Mm. in the desert 40 days. But it might be like, yeah, like a guy at work said this or just Mm -hmm. the thought popped. It keeps popping in my head like an invasive thought. Uh, You know, it just, it can come from all these different Mm -hmm. places, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But trying to be aware, because that's one of the things I think I love. Jesus was so aware in the spirit and with the word of God. It was really easy for him to identify like Satan's voice, which... I mean, of course, the way it's the scene is played out here is like I don't know in the blue corner, Jesus in the red corner, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's kind of obvious. But all through Jesus's life, as we read the rest of the Gospels, the points when Jesus is like, "Hey, that's Satan, stop that, cut mm-hmm. out," yeah, so he yeah, just he's he, just, he's, so he has right this away. like ability to tune into like no, mm-hmm. that's the work of an enemy, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I just I think wow, like that'd be cool for us to grow. That's a becoming like Jesus thing? to grow in, do that, that, in kind that kind that of discernment, moment. yeah. 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 So we should keep going. Love it. Yes. So so this yeah. happens and then Jesus, he's empowered and he kind of begins his ministry and he's in Nazareth, which is where he grew up. Mm-hmm. So we've got kind of an interesting thing happening uh, as we read through here where he's actually going to talk about what's it like to launch your ministry among people who thought you were the carpenter's son and all of a sudden you're acting like a rabbi. This is like imposter syndrome central or something. <laughs> But before, before we get into that, he reads a bit of Isaiah to kind yeah. of... Th- this is like a, I don't know, like a mandate or I um, can't remember what the word is, like where politicians want to be elected and they say, like, here's my, like, here's my policies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I stand on. This is what the kingdom looks like. This is what, is this is what like. I'm about, yeah. yeah. yeah And Jesus is going to be about... His thing is going to be like, the kingdom of God is coming. Yeah. The kingdom of God is coming. And... And so here's his part in it. So this is really interesting. Um, yeah, I got a question for you on, on this. All right, are you something ready, something Angela? has got a question. Me.
1: Well, I, I love this. He said, "You know, <laughs> I'm he, just going to get out ahead of it by by, by making it your question."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I
1: love how he love how he, he sits down. He's like, he, he walks up and he's like, "All right." I'm, I'm, I grab the scroll. I, he reads it, and he reads this section out of Isaiah. And mm-hmm. the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom uh, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And when I go back and I read that from Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 61. Um Right. Yeah. He uh like there's more to that verse. Yes. Mm-hmm. There and he but he stops here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why is he stopping here at yeah. this point? Um. But I, I I see it. I think the way I've wrestled through it is we always have this conversation about this now and not yet because the yeah. re- mm-hmm. rest of that's m- so right. That is. Yeah. Um. Uh, where does it say? I'm trying to find that. Um. Uh, it's about the Lord's vengeance yeah, right? that's not yet. and the day of the vengeance of our God. And so yeah. that's not the day he's talking about yeah. here, but clearly they recognize what he's saying and he's sort of saying, hey, justice uh, will come later um, and I'll take care of it. But right now I'm doing all these things. Yeah. Um, and I love that he d- declares and he rolls it back up and he says, today that's fulfilled in your hearing Um, as if it's uh, oftentimes I've looked at, you know, when I've thought about the kingdom of God, I'm like, okay, it's this thing that's happening in some time in the future, et cetera. And there are future things with the kingdom coming, but it's here now, you know, it's coming now and doing these things, which is a call to me a little bit to um, say, what am I, you know, if I'm filled with, his spirit and i'm becoming like jesus how am i proclaiming good news to the poor yeah how am i proclaiming these things how am i being active in this in this kingdom coming this kingdom bringing that he's talking about that's happening now yeah. and here
0: yeah and the other cuz there's the vengeance part the other part of isaiah uh, that he goes on to paint beautiful images mm. of of his, of like full restoration yeah And I think it'd be really easy in Jesus's day for a bunch of Jews under enemy occupation to sort of think, oh, when you say the kingdom's coming, you mean we're going to throw off the yoke of Roman oppression and like the greatness of us as a nation, our place in the world. Uh, And it's kind of like the difference between trickle down economics, Mm -hmm, and mm you know, I think it's really easy for us to think, yeah, if we want full restoration, you know, if just if everyone could be a millionaire, there would be no poor people. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on like generating wealth, you know. And actually, this is a, this so is a kind good. of a crude analogy, but actually, Jesus focuses on like that, the, like the, the way the kingdom's going to begin is not with just miraculous restoration, yeah. but by us paying attention to those who need healing. Who need freedom, yeah. who are oppressed, who are poor. Um, and so I think it's the countercultural thing yeah, that and Jesus does. And it's countercultural in his day, and it's countercultural in our day, but maybe for yeah. some different reasons. So it's really interesting to think how these words sound to us in our cultural mm-hmm. moment, because it's still Jesus's, this is like the way he wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he said this is the way I'm going to do it like God said this is the way I'm going to do it so cultures come and go and they yeah. can have the, their own values yeah. and priorities but um, this is still the way God wants to do it so we're going to have to try and do a bit of spot the difference mm. and uh, I guess that's part of the becoming like Jesus is recognizing in ourselves of like oh I think the normal way to do it is this way because I I live in Portland but actually you know and and it's not that our city's values are totally you know wackadoodle and we should just because actually I think there are some things in our culture that Jesus would with his mandate here say yeah that is right mm-hmm. you, you might be able to do it better or do it differently but um, so so it's actually it takes a nuanced look for us to really yeah. be like am I wrapped around Jesus's mandate Yeah, or like my cultural mandate
2: and not only um, wrapped around the mandate but how am I actually even participating in it? Because in this verse, you know, twenty-one, he began by saying to them, "Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." And is that your meaning? Them listening to it in person, right mm-hmm. that in that day, or is your meaning the corporate us as we are hearing mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. his mandate, his pl- his platform, yeah. his word? Um, where do we play into this narrative? Yeah. um because it continues on we see different responses to Jesus mm-hmm. based on actually geographic locations so first he preaches to the people of Nazareth his home and he's basically like but, but you all aren't going to listen um because it was prophesied that you know you're not going to listen and yeah. so then he moves on um and um and preaches um what is it to Capernaum, 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 right, yeah. and and then they do. So, how are we responding? How mm-hmm. are we, um, how are we, coming to faith and and coming alongside who Jesus really yeah, so is? Because yeah. um,
0: Jesus isn't. This isn't like a politician's mandate where all Jesus wants is for us to vote to him, like fire and forget responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, or like support my ministry, but that's it. Jesus is no, like, no. I I like I'm making disciples and church is called to make disciples. Mm-hmm. This is not something you're supposed to be like, yes, I affirm those values. No, you're right. supposed to join in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're, you're invited to participate. Yeah. And, and the fact that participation in these things is so challenging for us.
2: I just, mean, yeah. It says
0: so much about actually... How much need for that counterformation we have, like against our brokenness, against the world, mm-hmm. against all these other values? Um, I, d- I don't know. There can't have been hardly any humans or ever looked at this mandate and were like, "Oh yeah, totally. That looks do- easily right. doable. Of course. Like I would naturally do that anyway." No.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to understand it, and then it's another thing to yeah. to follow. And if we're talking about becoming like Jesus, um, it's not just understanding who Jesus, is, but it's knowing and following and yeah. and um, and walking in His ways. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so there and spoken. and then this is actually like that challenge is what hits home then with these. So we have a sort of contrast of two scenes of two audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've got a home audience in Nazareth, and we've got away audience in Capernaum. Capernaum. Um, but don't you like that home audience? It's that same question
1: before, in that verse twenty-two. Isn't this Joseph's son? Yeah. You know, they're still. It's he's unpacking confused. that more yeah. and more.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just. No, it's it's good. Yeah. And I, and it, I guess the interesting thing is you've got two. I, I I don't know. Actually, the whole chapter is like there's two influences and two responses Mm. with jesus and satan Uh and then there's two audiences with two very different responses in these two towns and jesus you know he he talks nazareth through like hey because you've got presumptions about me like you're not actually seeing what's going on and so you're not responding and actually puts the significance of that um like lays the significance out for them and says like um, you know, you're you're basically blind. Like God's not got you know. If if you're not seeing what's going on with me, then you're not going to have God show up. Yeah. And and he yeah. And this is like for for you to have Jesus point out like, yeah, like who really gets God's blessing? Like who really gets to see God show up and do stuff? Like ah, well, you know, let's look back through the scriptures, should we? There was a nation of Jews. But God could only find someone outside, like that, like mm-hmm. the eyes of the law go to and fro yeah. through the earth, looking mm-hmm, for those mm-hmm. who, you know, mm-hmm. He can show Himself strong on their behalf. And um, yeah, it was an outsider, it was a Gentile, yeah. and it was a woman, and it was a, you know, like all of these groups that they didn't expect, mm-hmm. outcast. So this is a way for Jesus to kind of point the finger and be like, you know, uh, o- almost try to get them to sense like the tragedy. Of being an insider, getting a front row seat, and yet, you know rejecting and having mm. God have to move on and go find someone else, you know it, it's sort of sort of tragic. It's almost like yet here you are in the front row seat, you've seen me grow up, and now you now you get to see the next thing and you've got a front row seat, but no. Jesus is actually going to have to like leave and like go find somewhere else where people will respond to him. And then the response in Capernaum is this amazing; like they're amazed, they sense his authority. Mm. They they're like, yes, he wants to heal. Let's bring more people for it. They're just like Mm -hmm. so receptive to wanting Jesus to teach them more and do more and heal them more Mm. and stuff like this. And what did Nazareth get? Diddly squat. Yeah. Like it, nothing.
1: Is that a warning to us too? You know, as we as we read the Bible, as we're reading through to come to it with such a locked-in um, I don't know, maybe preconception of what it mm-hmm. says that we miss out on what Jesus is really trying to do. Right. Are we available to actually see? what Jesus wants to say to us at this point in time? Are we just so familiar with such a, perhaps a cursory familiarity? um, Just like these people in Nazareth, they're like, hey, aren't you Joseph's son? So how do you do all, you know, what's your real authority? That sort of thing. And do we similarly are are at risk for saying, oh, I kind of know you know, the message of the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I kind of know what He says here, so I'm just going to keep doing my thing and and not be open to something new. And I just think if we can sort of set that aside at the door when we do read Mm -hmm. to say, no, maybe there's something very new that God wants to say to me today as I read this, and there's healing in me, in my life, through my life that He needs to give me, that. Oh, you know, don't leave that grace on the table yeah. that he's extending to me.
2: I love that. It's that question that's been said so much is are you putting Jesus in a box? Mm, and mm. and I mean that idea that Jesus transcends all boxes. What if, I mean, what if you were surprised in the way he showed up for you today? Would mm-hmm. you say, "No, that's not actually you" because mm-hmm. the the you that I cuz I have you in my box and now this is blowing my mind yeah. that you're doing this new thing and and so, yeah, it just brings yeah. it to right to this application of like Jesus is going to show up how he decides yeah. to yeah. show up,
0: well, and regardless a of how like, we think Jesus, about him. Pretty much every time Jesus shows up, people are surprised. Yeah. yeah. So, if you're not being surprised mm-hmm. by Jesus, you might be missing something. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, myself included, right? It's definitely like convicting.
0: Yeah. I think also like our conceptions of like the people God can use. Mm hmm. You know, there is something like God raises up leaders. He gifts people. Um, he, you know, he, um, uses people in a way that, um, I don't know. He, this is a really bad way to say it, but like he does platform people, like because that's part of how God wants the church to operate. Is like, hey, I've gifted you to affect others, Mm -hmm. so then Mm -hmm. God establishes Mm -hmm. in a place to Mm -hmm. affect others, Mm -hmm. but. We've got like some cultural preconceptions about like the people we should pay attention to, about what that person should look like. God trying to use someone should mean he'll put them on the stage or on a podcast or on a, yeah. Like, I think pre gathering prayer is a really good example, and I I think we've got a really good culture actually of like because we have some kids there, like Piper or Michelle's kids, or people like that, and they get to fully join in and have a voice, Mm -hmm. and sometimes, like. That thing God had to say to direct our gathering that Sunday came through a four-year-old. Yeah, but it would be really easy to like give them coloring books and put them outside, right? Or if they felt like they had something to say, just be like, "Well, that's nice, dear," you know. And I don't know. I mean, that's a sort of obvious example, but I wonder how much we do that with. I don't know. Are we open to God speaking through our teenager to us? We, yeah, there's just like so Mm -hmm, many relationships mm -hmm. which we don't really have a box for, you know, them being different than they are. And I, yeah, I just, I just wonder how much if we had the right attitude with Jesus, like the thing you're describing, it would open a door to a flourishing in our other relationships too. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: Well, it would open the door to healing because in the passage it says they responded they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. And then immediately he goes into performing some miracles. So first they affirmed who he was and that maybe they didn't fit in the box that they had, but here he is. Um and and then Jesus worked powerfully. Yeah. So there's your answer. Yeah. Jesus mm. will work powerfully when that happens. Yeah.
0: And mm. I think it's almost like a weird ending to the chapter that like Jesus goes to leave and they try and stop him and he's like, dudes, I got like, there's other towns, I got to get out of here and Uh go to them. Uh But I think what Luke's trying to show us is like these people had such a hunger and thirst and a receptivity to Jesus that they didn't want him to leave. Mm. Like, because that's, that's as. Much as you can have, right? It's like, that's as much as you love a meal as you eat it till you're like, oh, I'm actually like mm. feeling sick now, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna have another bite because I can't help myself. Like, mm-hmm. that's their desire for Jesus, their appetite for Him mm-hmm. was so profound, they wanted to actually stop Him leaving, and He had to like really extract Himself from them.
2: Even, mm. even when He came in, burst on the scene, and disrupted their lives, and like they were having in a most magnificent, fabulous way, but they wanted more of that disruption mm-hmm. because it was they recognized who he was and they recognized that after meeting him, they would never be the same.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. but I love it how he says, you know, when he's got to go on, he's like, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And isn't that, I mean, like, I see that and I go back to what he just read mm. in. Nazareth. What he read is this proclamation. You know, this yeah. part of this proclamation of like, no, that's his mission. You know, right now is uh, doing these things.
0: Yeah, because um, I guess in a way to stay with these people that love him. Yeah, that's almost like the next temptation.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Right, and he's like, no, I got to stay true to. Like, I've got to um, go on. Yeah, I yeah. mean
2: his his temptations, the temptations from the prior scene were really about him avoiding the cross and then gaining glory without obedience. Yeah. And so here, mm. like you said, so here is a moment where he could have gained glory, but he would not have been obeying the Father. Yeah, yeah. I must. It's not I should or, you know, I guess I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Like, I don't really yeah. want to do it. But it's I must. This yeah. is happening. I mean, what a picture of, of unconditional obedience.
0: Yeah. It's not. It's also. It's not FOMO where Jesus is like, "Ah, oh, but like the next town might love me even more." Yeah. Because some of the next towns, they tried to kill him too. Throw him out, yeah. right? They, they did weird stuff too. So, pretty hard. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, it yeah. It just reinforces mm. like this is mission driven mm-hmm. by Jesus. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough.
2: That's so, awesome.
0: Yeah. I hope you hope you enjoy that. That's helpful and that gets something stirring and makes you want to go spend time in this chapter this week. And um, yeah, at, like as Jesus shows you stuff, like come let us know. I mean, we're around on Sundays. I know sometimes I pop up and down on stage, so it's easier to find me. But Steve and Angela around, yeah. other staff like we're reading this as well. Um, yes. Yeah, so come talk to us about what God's showing you. It's really exciting. Well, Enjoy nice questions. Thanks. Bye. Bye.